0: Welcome to The Eric Erickson Show Podcast, Hour One. Greetings, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number, 877-973-7425. If you want to be on the program, you can text Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to get to 33777 to get the show notes. You should subscribe. Uh, A lot of people asked for the audio of Rachel Goldberg. I played that yesterday in the third hour of the program. And that was my morning piece this morning was the video of Rachel Goldberg addressing the uh, press of the United Nations yesterday there. I mean, there's no comment to add to it. It's just her words were so powerful. And that was this morning. If you want to see that for yourself share it with friends just text eric E R I C K to 33777 as well uh when my book's available to pre-order if you've if you've texted eric to 33777 you'll get the link um when it's time to pre-order the book you shall be as gods i i gotta begin with audio from hakeem jeffries today hakeem jeffries is the ranking democrat the minority leader in the house of representatives listen to this well we're going to have a leadership meeting to discuss it tomorrow And then on Thursday morning, we'll convene as a caucus. Uh, But here's what I can say. President Biden uh, has been an incredible leader in terms of articulating the special relationship between the United States and Israel, and also setting forth uh, the need to make sure that we continue to have Israel's back uh, and look out for Israel's safety and security, while at the same time, of course, being there for the people of Ukraine uh, in its war against Russia. and Yeah, I, I'll stop with all the background noise there from him. But he's complaining that Republicans want to uh, place conditions on aiding Israel and their conditions are in the form of cuts. Democrats are blasting Republicans for wanting to cut the funding of the Internal Revenue Service in order to pay for funding for Israel. We want to give uh, billions of dollars to Israel. The Republicans say, let's cut the billions of dollars we gave to the IRS. The Democratic response is, oh, my gosh, this is for the rich. This is for the rich. The Republicans, they don't want the IRS to, to audit the rich. In January of this year, Syracuse University released its findings in a Freedom of Information Act request. The Transactional Records Access Clearinghouse track at Syracuse University released this based on uh, internal IRS management reports released under a court order pursuant to litigation of the Freedom of Information Act. uh, In other words, Syracuse University filed a Freedom of Information Act request to the IRS. The IRS refused to hand over the data. Syracuse University went to court and they got the data from the Internal Revenue Service under court order. And you know what? The IRS internal confidential data that they did not want to release shows this I quote from it's this isn't me this isn't from the Heritage Foundation. This is not from some right-wing institution. This is from liberal Syracuse University. And I quote, Last year, over 164 million individual income tax returns were filed. The IRS audited 626,204 returns, down from 690, 659,003 returns during fiscal year 2021. Less than 100,000 of these were regular audits in contrast to correspondence audits. Together, this means that last year, the odds of an audit had fallen to 3.8 out of 1,000 returns. For fiscal year 2021, it was 4.1 out of 1,000 returns. The taxpayer class with unbelievably high audit rates, five and a half times everyone else, were low income wage earners taking the Earned Income Tax Credit. This credit is provided to offset the taxes for the lowest wage earners in the country. As we previously have reported, this group of taxpayers have historically been targeted not because they account for the most tax under reporting, but because they are easy marks in an era when IRS increasingly relies upon correspondence audits, yet doesn't have the resources to assist taxpayers to answer their questions. In other words, the Internal Revenue Service preys upon the poor. Now, Syracuse says, well, it's because we need more tax inspectors. The problem with Syracuse saying it's because we need more tax inspectors is that's evidence without underlying supporting data. The evidence underlying supporting data is that they go after the poor and in fact have done so even when they were more fully staffed. They disproportionately targeted the poor. So Republicans wanting to gut the IRS and take, claw back the money in the Inflation Reduction Act given to the IRS makes sense. Because that money's going to go to target the poor, not the rich, not the wealthy. the wealthy get by. it's the poor who don't. Yet the Democrats say what the Republicans want to do is claw back money. So for the sake of argument, for the sake of argument, let, let's get rid of it all. let's 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 say the we'll, we'll let the IRS keep the money. Where should the money come from? Folks, this is what we're dealing with as a situation in this nation. If we write a check, and I think we should, of $20 billion to go to Israel to help them resupply their missiles and resupply their Iron Dome and do that, we have to issue bonds because we don't have the cash flow. Every dollar we spend to help Israel, Ukraine, Taiwan, and even border security comes from the United States government borrowing money even though tax revenue to the United States for the previous fiscal year that closed out in October set records. It had $5 trillion in revenue to the federal government in last fiscal year, and the government still was in debt because it was spending too much. We have to cut something. And for those of you who say, well, we're going to have to raise taxes, keep in mind, last year the federal government, despite the Trump tax cuts, had record revenue from individual taxpayers based on income tax filings. The reason we had record revenue last year is because of the Trump tax cuts. I know this pains Democrats to admit it, but the United States keeping competitive tax rates has incentivized our economy, and it's one reason our economy is doing better than every other economy on planet Earth. In fact, there's a big story in the Wall Street Journal today. The headline is this, the economy is great. Why are Americans in such a rotten mood? Because on all the metrics, the technical metrics, our economy is doing well, and it is enlarged Large part thanks to Donald Trump's tax cuts because he made our country far more competitive and gave entrepreneurs far more incentive to be able to make money, knowing the government was going to take it back. So, the federal government has record tax revenue for the last fiscal year, and we don't have enough money still to pay for everything, and so we're taking out debt. And here's the problem later today, we'll find out what the Federal Reserve is going to do, and the odds are they raise interest rates again. That raises the cost of borrowing money for the federal government. And as the government doesn't show any signs of spending less, the yield on the 10 and 20 and 30-year and the five-year treasury note escalates. The yield on the 10-year bond is hovering over 4%. You know what that means? As that yield keeps going up and the government has to keep paying higher and higher interest rates to induce people to buy government bonds, We are, within the next two to three years, going to be spending all of the tax revenue, the record rates of tax revenue, 100% of that money is going to go to cover the cost of lending. There will be no money for the Department of Defense. There will be no money for the Department of Education. There will be no money for roads and bridges. There will be no money for school lunches. There will be no money for student loan programs. There will be no money for anything in the federal government because all of the money will go to pay off the cost of borrowing. It won't even be to pay down the debt. It will be to pay the interest payments on the debt. No principal, just interest. And so every dollar, every single dollar the government wants to spend on defense will come from borrowing money, which will drive up the interest rate, which we will then have to borrow to make the interest rate payment because we won't have the cash flow because that's the world the Democrats and Republicans together have put us in. So here come the Republicans who only care about the debt when the Democrats are in charge, say we've got to cut something, we've got to do something. Well, at least they care when the Democrats are in charge because the Democrats, Let's never care. I think we should robustly defend and fund Ukraine, defend and fund Israel, defend and fund Taiwan, and defend and fund our border. But I also recognize we don't have the money to do it. Republicans are proposing to cut spending. Claw back the money given to the IRS, get rid of the green subsidies for electric vehicles, something. The Democrats want to keep writing checks. We don't have money in our bank account. Every dollar given to fund border security, Ukraine, Taiwan, or Israel comes from the government taking out a loan. Interest rates are going up, and when the interest rate goes up, it doesn't just go up for you and me, it goes up for the government as well. That makes the debt burden on the government more expensive, which makes the debt burden more expensive on you and me, which becomes a national security issue in and of itself. I live in Georgia. Georgia has a law that police, excluding state police, Cannot use speed detection on you to give you a ticket within 10 miles over the speed limit. So if you're going, if you're in a 70 mile an hour zone and you're going 79 miles an hour, the county sheriff department or the local police department, They can't give you a ticket using speed data. Now, if they drive their car and they drive their, their police car at 70 miles an hour and you're going faster than them, well, they know you're speeding and they can give you a ticket that way. But just using the radar detection or the laser detection, they can't do it. It's against the law. State police can. They can't. So you're driving down the road at 80 miles an hour. You have not a mile to spare. The moment you go 81 miles an hour, They can give you a ticket based on the speed detection. You have no room to spare. You're going to get the ticket when you go one mile over the speed limit. I use that example for this with our spending. We are at 100% plus when it comes to spending. Every dollar we spend now is debt. And every dollar we spend now as debt requires a bond. And every dollar that we spend that requires a bond requires debt, which makes us more vulnerable to our enemies. Just as if I go one mile over the speed limit when I'm doing 80, I'm vulnerable to the speed detection device. I go $1 over our revenue. I've got to take out debt. It makes us more vulnerable to our enemies because they're beginning to leverage our debt against us. This is a national security issue. How can we fund our military? This isn't a matter of funding Israel or or Ukraine or Taiwan or a border. This is about the basic funding of government. We're running out of money. Every dollar we spend now is a dollar that comes from debt. We spend to support Israel. We spend to support Ukraine. We spend to support the border. We spend to support Taiwan. All of these things we actually need to do for our own national security. Hamas is not just Israel's enemy. They're our enemy as well. The FBI is warning they may have crossed our border, so we should secure our border. We don't have the money to do that, and the Democrats don't care, and most Republicans frankly don't care either. It has become a national security issue. The Democrats want us to believe climate changes, the biggest national security issue we face, they're wrong. It's our national debt because our national debt gives us no wiggle room to go one mile over. It gives us no wiggle room to go $1 over. And the Democrats don't want to make cuts. The Republicans have said, we will fund Israel. We will fund Ukraine. We will fund the border. We will fund Taiwan. But we've got to cut something to find the money instead of issuing new debt because we can't keep issuing new debt. And the White House and the Democrats say, no, no, no. Just as the Democrats have probably allowed sleeper cells of Hamas to cross our southern border, making us internally vulnerable, they've made us financially vulnerable to our enemies by refusing to cut anything. And tax increases aren't the solution. We just had a record amount of revenue come into the government. And you start increasing taxes, you're going to wreck the economy and really throw us into a recession. We got to cut something. What are we going to cut? I suggest the Green New Deal and the money sent to the IRS. Those are easy cuts that aren't going to hurt the American public. They just hurt Democrat constituencies and China, which is why the Democrats don't want to do it. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. I need to play you some audio. Most of you will not understand the audio. But I want to play it for you anyway. Israel is a country that is not on our We This is Ghazi Hamad speaking on television. And what he's saying is that we will repeat the October 7th attack time and time again until Israel is united. We did not want to harm civilians, but there were complications on the ground, and there was a party in the area with civilian populations It was a large area. Everything we did was justified because we are victims of Israeli occupation. The only way Israel can defend itself is to annihilate Hamas. And we should let them do it. Now, I need to let you in on a secret. It's not really a secret because I tell you all the time, but I don't think many of you believe me. I actually do travel with my Eden Pure Thunderstorm because I have been in situations in hotel rooms and rental cars where someone smoked. And I don't like the smell of cigarette smoke or other smoke. And so I got to fire up the Eden Pure Thunderstorm and wipe out those odors. And it really does work. You can get three of them for less than $200. Get rid of litter box odors, pet odors, cooking odors, smoke odors, musty odors. They wipe out odors. They also get rid of the, the pollen and the dust. My kid has bad allergies. So when we travel places, oftentimes when we're staying in a very old place, we'll fire it up and it works. You wipe it out with a cloth, you don't have to have a filter subscription even. It's the Eden Pure thunderstorm and you get 3 of them for less than $200 at edenpuredeals.com. The discount code, ERIC, E R I C K on the front page of the site edenpuredeals.com. The discount code is ERIC. You can get one for upstairs, downstairs, your basement, your travel bag, your RV, wherever you need them. You get three of them for less than $200. You're saving $200 off the regular retail price, and you get free shipping. It's EdenPureDeals.com. That's the website. The discount code is ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. You can eliminate smoke odors, pet odors. If you've got a litter box, wipe out those odors. You can plug it up with a USB cord or into the wall. It's the Eden Pure Thunderstorm, available at EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code, my name, ERIC. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone lines are open 877-973-7425. All right. Uh, I, I'm going to butcher your name, but I want to give you credit on Twitter. Uh, Jay Patrizabowski screenshotted me this from uh, the treasury.gov site to give you the precise number. In fiscal year 2023, the federal government collected $4.44 trillion in revenue from individual income taxes, payroll taxes, corporate income taxes, and excise taxes. It also collects revenue from services like admissions to natural, national parks, etc. So it's a record amount of revenue collected by the federal government, you should know. In the same fiscal year, the federal government spent 6.13 trillion dollars thereby adding roughly two trillion dollars to the national debt this is not sustainable this is causing uh any this is causing economic havoc let let me just see right now 10-year bond yield on the treasury. Um, I mean, we're, we're hovering around, uh, 4.81%. That's yeah. 481 that that's really not good. Uh, it opened the day at about 4.9, so we're hovering around 5%. That's the money paid annually that the interest rate the government pays to people who buy the bond. Now, why is it so high? Now, in the past, you should understand, it had this, this had been around this. But in the government in the mid-2000s, given where interest rates were and stuff, they began doing their calculations on the budget, and they presumed that this interest rate would never get above 3%. It's now almost at 5%. So that's the interest the government has to pay. That, that's not the principal; That's the interest the government pays. And as that goes up, the reason, first of all, why does it go up? The reason it goes up is because uh, people don't want to buy treasury bonds. Stocks and corporate bonds are more attractive As the Federal Reserve has raised interest rates, people are getting good interest rates elsewhere, and so the Federal Reserve and the Treasury have to raise the amount of interest they're willing to pay on the government bonds to induce people to buy them. And as the government becomes more destabilized, people believe there's more risk in buying the bonds, and so they have to raise interest uh, rates there as well to induce further buying in the market. And as those interest rates go up, it means the federal government's cost of borrowing money goes up. And as the cost of borrowing money goes up, that is the what comes out of the federal budget first. Before Medicare, before Medicaid, before Social Security, before anything else, interest is paid on the debt. And the money left over, some of it is prioritized for fixed expenses for Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid. And the rest is the discretionary budget that funds everything else. The Defense Department, Parks and Recreation, Roads, Bridges, uh, Education—you name it—and we're going broke. This is a real national security issue. You can't build the wall at the border to secure it if you can't pay for the wall, and we can't pay for the wall. I just—I I realize some of you disagree with me. I just—I—I I, I want you to know where I stand on the issue. I think. Helping Israel, Taiwan, Ukraine, and the border, they're all national security issues for us. We allow the Ukrainians to kill the Russians, so we don't have to. We allow the Israelis to kill the terrorists, so we don't have to. We allow the Taiwanese to build up such defenses. It makes China think twice before invading. And we secure our border. It keeps the bad guys out. I think all of these things are related to our national security. Obviously, the border more directly than the others... But the others, we're funding our allies to do the dirty work we don't otherwise have to do that we would eventually have to do if they didn't. But I think we got to pay for it. We can't just keep taking out loans. You and I can't just keep taking out loans. We, we The American people right now are putting a lot of money on their credit cards. At some point, your credit limit is maxed. The government's is called the debt ceiling, and they've taken the caps off that. We can't keep doing business as usual in the federal government. We just can't. I have a novel idea, though, of how to fund some of this stuff. You know, Harvard has an endowment of over a billion dollars. Why aren't we taking Harvard's endowment and taxing it? I mean, we're bailing out their students' loans. Harvard's not having to spend any of his money and they're covered in anti-Semites now. Uh, the, the, these are dangerous times on college campuses, among other things. You've got students at Harvard marching in the streets chanting death to the Jews at this point, basically. We should tax their endowments and give that money to Israel. boy, the, wouldn't that not just be a beautiful, beautiful bit of justice? Something is really, really wrong with left all you and I joke that uh, that progressivism is a mental illness. But there's something really festering within progressivism that that's that's worse. And Charles Cook, Charles Cook is a uh, he lives in a fine resident of Jacksonville, Florida. Hello, WOKV. Charles Cook is a writer for National Review. He's one of the editors of National Review. He's a uh, one of the great uh, imports from Great Britain. Great guy. He's embraced Florida. He's embraced the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's just, he's embraced American football as his own. He's a great guy. And one of the things Charles Cook at National Review has noted several times is that the left plays Calvin Ball. Now, I assume every one of you is a fan of Calvin and Hobbes. You should be if you're not. Calvin and Hobbes. It wasn't the most uh, transcendent cartoon ever. That would probably be Charles Schultz's Peanuts, really set the standard for what a cartoon could be, or The Far Side, which I miss. But Calvin and Hobbes was the best comic ever. It appeared in the funny papers or the comic pages of newspapers across America. I have the complete, unabridged Calvin and Hobbes set. It was and remains the gold standard for me in cartoons. That and the far side. But Calvin was a little boy who had a stuffed tiger that would come alive when no one was around named Hobbes. And Calvin played a game called Calvin Ball. The rules of Calvin Ball were very simple. There are no rules except to the extent the rules benefit Calvin. And if the rules of the game begin to not benefit Calvin, the rules will be changed so that they do benefit Calvin because Calvin must always win Calvin Ball because after all, it's his game, and you gross little girls like Susie, if you're going to play it, you're going to lose to Calvin. And if you win, well, you lose because in that case, the rules are changed so that the person with the highest score is actually the loser, and the low score is the winner. That's Calvin Ball. Calvin always wins. The left is playing this wild game of Calvin Ball. The New York Times. I I I wonder what the unsubscribe rate on the New York Times is right now, as a matter of fact. Given the the large number of Jewish readers in the New York City metropolitan area of the New York Times, I cannot believe they've become as pro-Hamas as they are. But the New York Times and the Washington Post both might as well be letting Hamas write their news and, and opinion stories. The New York Times literally has a piece that the pro-Hamas protesters who are engaged in support of Hamas by tearing down the flyers of the missing hostages in Israel, that they're engaged in a form of protest by doing that, that that's what that is, that they're protesting. It's a subtle protest. And when the uh, groups out there film them, and post the pictures of the people tearing down the flyers. Well, those are the bad people because they're turning protesters into what? Victims. This is Calvin Ball. You see what it was when people started putting up the flyers? that had the missing persons reports and the faces of the victims. It was to show the world the victims. It was to show the world what happened. It was to show the world that that these are innocent people that Hamas has captured and dragged off to Gaza. And you will note no one on the national or international stage is calling for the return of the hostages other than the Israelis and Joe Biden. There are a whole lot of people on the left who are all about the poor Palestinian victims of the Israeli bombing campaign, who haven't said jack about the Israeli victims or the Israeli hostages, still outstanding. And these people tore down the pictures. They tore them down because they didn't want to have the world see the atrocity, because they wanted to cheer for the monsters. And you can't cheer for the monsters when the monsters are doing what they did. So they tore down the pictures so people couldn't see. They tore down the pictures because they didn't think these were innocent people, but occupiers, the enemy. And now the New York Times wants you to know they're the victims. The victims on the flyers, they're not victims. It's the people who tore down the flyers who are the victims. This is the New York Times. This is Calvin Ball. This is Calvin Ball. At Cornell University, a student who is a safety officer at Cornell has been arrested. His name is Patrick. Patrick is an Asian student who was a safety officer at Cornell. Patrick Dye, Dai, D A I, Patrick Dai, has been arrested and charged making threats to kill, rape, and slit the throats of Jewish students. Patrick die. these are some of his comments. If you see a Jewish person on campus, follow them home and slit their throats. Rats need to be eliminated from Cornell. Here's another one. The genocidal fascist Zionist regime will be destroyed, rape and kill all the Jew women before they birth more Jewish Hitlers, Jews are excrement on the face of the earth. No Jew civilian is innocent of genocide. That's from a student at Cornell University where they were also tearing down the pictures. And, and read his thinking here Jews are excre- excrement on the face of the earth. No Jew civilian is innocent of genocide. That's what the student wrote. This is a student at Cornell. He's not a dumb kid, he's a safety officer. He's a part of Cornell campus engagement. And, and he said, no Jew civilian is innocent of genocide. That's why they tear down the pictures. Because they think these aren't innocent victims. These are Jews who support genocide. That's what they believe. They're saying it openly and the New York Times plays Calvin Ball and changes the rules, and now suddenly these people who you videotape behaving badly, now suddenly they're the victims. At Stanford University, remember they they chased off the judge, the federal judge who was speaking. The kid who organized the protest to chase the judge off campus has now been asked to help select the new dean of the law school. They keep changing the rules to benefit themselves. Hedge they win. Tales you lose. That's Calvin Ball. That's what progressives are doing, and you should not play their game. I want to be very clear and frank with all of you. If you are tearing down the posters with the faces of the victims of Hamas, if you're tearing down the pictures of the hostages, you should be exposed. You should be outed. You should be shamed, and you should be blacklisted from employment from coast to coast in the United States because in the face of evil, you chose to side with evil. There is no shade of gray here. If you tore down these posters, you're not a victim. You are a victimizer, and you're on the side of evil, and you should be exposed. Your name should be highlighted, and you should be denied a job everywhere except flicky, flipping burgers at some third-rate restaurant in some motel on the side of a US highway never to be seen by polite society again because you are evil and you chose to side with evil and there is no nuance in this at all. I these these they're not victims people they're evil. So, can we start playing Christmas music? Halloween's over. Is it time to put our Christmas decorations up now? I I think it's close. I think we may have to put a turkey on the table before we put the white fat guy with the beard out first, but... The holidays are coming. That means shipping, lots of shipping, lots of packages, lots of presents. Y'all should consider Stamps.com, particularly if you're a small business. All you need is a computer and a printer. You can manage orders on the go with their mobile app, schedule package pickups at your home or office, uh, seamlessly schedule and connect uh, every major marketplace and shopping cart. You get huge carrier discounts up to 84% off the post office and UPS rates and find the cheapest and fastest shipping options you get access to the post office and of UPS services you need right from your computer or mobile device anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. When you're running low on supplies, you just order what you need from Stamps.com. they got a great supply store. Over a million businesses, including mine, use Stamps.com, and I have for 20 years. So I'm kind of glad they're an advertiser now because I can really tell you about them because I use them. You sign up today with code ERIC. You get a special offer, a four-week trial, free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Go to stamps.com. You click on the microphone. You put in my name, E-R-I-C-K. Again, no long-term commitments, no contracts, and no lines because you can schedule pickup at your home or office or your packages. So you save money. You save time. You just save with stamps.com. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson, the phone number, 877-973-7425, if you want to call in. So I wound up. Given up the full-size candy bars last night. I got to tell you about that. But first, I got to tell you this hour is brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. Wherever you are nationwide, if you're in charge of the businesses and finance, the businesses, they can help you grow. If you need to buy a business or buy a building or build a building or buy a franchise, expand a franchise, FirstLibertyGA.com. That's where you go, FirstLibertyGA.com. Their contact info is there. Tell them I sent you, FirstLibertyGA.com. So if if you were here yesterday, I waited until the very last minute to buy Halloween candy. We weren't even sure we were going to participate. We just turned off the lights, closed the shop, and and, and not do anything. But decided to. Well, they didn't have any of the little bags, you know, the bags of, of the mixed stuff. So I went to Sam's, and I bought big boxes. And I figured if I had any leftovers, I'd give them to my kids' school. They could sell it for concessions, make some extra money. I spent a lot of money on full-size candy bars and gave out almost all of it. We had over a thousand trick-or-treaters in our neighborhood, and we live on a cul-de-sac. And the police kind of block, make it a little more difficult to come down the cul-de-sac. And I, we, I still gave away over 400 pieces of candy. Uh, I went through boxes and boxes of stuff, and the thing that was amazing to me. Is that the kids wanted all the sour stuff and all they they wanted Skittles and the Swedish Fish and the sour gummies? And We have all this chocolate left. I, I was kind of horrified at this generation wanting all the sour stuff instead of the good chocolate stuff. They did like the uh, the the Hershey bars. So the Hershey bars went well. Uh, Reese's peanut butter cups went well. The Kit Kats were big hits. One little boy in a Buzz Lightyear uniform had to be had to be four years old pulls out one of those Kit Kat bars. And he says, oh, Kit Kat's my favorite. And then he looks at the bar his eyes get big and he turns around and says, Mom, did you know they made them this big? Made me feel good. I'm going to have to do full-size bars again next year. Go into debt, take out a loan, sell a kidney to afford them. But it was good. Over a 1,000 trick-or-treaters in our neighborhood, y'all. And I stayed late. I always feel bad because there are always, particularly single moms, they tend to be um, from the black community, and they come in the neighborhood late trying to see who's still open. And I, so I just stay on the front porch all night uh, because there's always some mom who's worked three jobs and she's trying to get her kids out to trick or and So I stayed and gave them extra candy at the end. It was, it was nice, a few of them. And then I got in the hot tub with my son and we watched Nightmare Before Christmas and round out the night. It was a great night. Great night to be in a hot tub too. It was frigid outside.